0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وذكر فإن الذكرى فعل المؤمنين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم المسلم الذي يخالط الناس ويصبر على أذاهم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters, in the past weeks we have been discussing the aspect of the mindset that we should have the consciousness the molding of the heart and this is our purpose for coming to the madrasa that we don't just come and learn some facts and figures this is something that we will inshallah keep repeating that what is our purpose what is our object of coming to the madrasa We will, inshallah, keep repeating it and you will keep hearing it. Others will also keep speaking about it so that we become extremely conscious that we have an objective, we have a purpose for coming here which is beyond just learning some facts and figures. And The object is very much greater than that. The object is that the heart must change. The heart must become emptied from the dunya, emptied from the love of the dunya and the heart must become filled with the love of Allah Ta'ala, it must become filled with the love of Rasulullah it must become filled with the love for deen, with the love of the actions of deen, the enthusiasm and the aspirations of the heart must become that which Allah's Nabi has taught the qualities within a person must become that which we have been taught in the Sunnah, which Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam lived, which he taught, which the sahaba Kiram practiced on, which the awliya Allah have passed on to us. So this is the object that we have come for, so that our life becomes that type of life which Allah Ta'ala is pleased with in every facet of life, in our aqaid, in our ibadat, in our mu'amalat, in our mu'asharat, in our akhlaq Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased, Allah Ta'ala becomes happy. That is the primary objective, that is the primary motive. So this is what we have to aim towards, this is what we have to be striving for. So in this regard, this aspect of creating this mindset, creating this mould, bringing the heart in that condition that it will become beloved to Allah wa Ta'ala, There are many things that we have to sacrifice. We have to juggle with many times. uh, Many things often. Especially because we are living in that type of society, in that kind of environment, the general environment out there in the world, where there is a certain direction everybody is taking, or the bulk of the people are taking. There is a tsunami and a flood that is raging in a certain direction, in the direction of the Western way of life, in the direction of materialism, in the direction of where the dunya and the worldly things are the main things. Deen is a secondary thing. We are following fashions and styles and following the trends that the West has set. That becomes the direct the, the direction for many a person. And the sunnah, the haya the simplicity and all the various other qualities that are taught to us in Deen, that becomes a secondary issue. So the world is going in that direction. The environments are going in that direction. Our friends, our families, our relatives, many are all flowing in the same direction. Allah Ta'ala give us also hidayat, give everybody hidayat. So now when this waters are raging in this manner, for somebody to swim against the tide is not an easy task. But this is the jihad of the time for us. For us, this is the jihad of the time. And inshallah, we'll get rewarded with the reward of the mujahideen. If we undertake this challenge and we take on this jihad of this time to swim against the tide that is flowing in the direction of this westernism in the direction of all the fashions, in the direction of all the various trends, many a times we take it for granted that these things, well, it's part of our life, what is in there. For example, dressing in a certain way, whereas the question to ask ourselves, would Hazrat Fatima, radiallahu ta'ala been happy with this kind of dressing? Would she be happy to see me dressing like this? Or Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa, radiallahu ta'ala be happy to see me dressing like this, whether I am outside, whether I am inside, wherever, would she be happy? Would it be something that will bring the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala? Or is it something that chases away or drives away the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, the help of Allah Ta'ala, the mercy of Allah Ta'ala? It becomes a barrier to that. Is this closer to Haya or further away from Haya? Now, all these are the things that we need to look within ourselves. This is the challenge. And those who will take the challenge, I want to do that which will be pleasing to Allah ta'ala, that which will bring me closer to the those whom Allah ta'ala is pleased with. I want to dress in that way which Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala will be pleased with, so I can stand alongside her on the day of Qiyamah. That which Hazrat Aisha Siddiqua radiallahu ta'ala will be pleased with, the Sahabiyat will be pleased with, so I could be raised with them on the day of Qiyamah. We take it for granted that dressing is dressing now. Is no, You can't make a big deal about it. Everybody is dressing in a certain way nowadays. And we can't be looking like we are living in the stone age. But this is a jihad of the time. That we will not compromise the standards of Haya in any way. Haya among people, Haya for Allah Ta'ala. Haya for the angels. So, now, because the society is going in a certain direction, we take it for granted or for example, to have our functions in a certain way, our weddings, other functions. Now, what will it look like if there isn't an engagement party? Whereas what, what link does the engagement party have with our deen? There is a proposal, the proposal is accepted, then there is a nikah. But because there is a flood that is going in that direction, now, for somebody to swim against the tide, say says, I will look odd. People will start making comments and people will say that, what's, what's wrong with you? Which direction? Where, where you fell from? Or, oh, you were to become a very big Sufi of the time. Or for example, these are all day-to-day things. Now, if somebody, these unfortunately become issues. Whereas, it's got no link with Deen, but it's all from the Western mindset. That for example, supposing some, one family member didn't remember that this is the birthday of somebody else. Whoever, maybe the husband didn't remember it's the wife's birthday. Or the mother didn't remember it's the child's birthday. Or the children didn't remember it's the parent's birthday. Whatever the case is. Brother didn't remember it's a sister's birthday it has actually become an issue. It has become a problem in some places. A big fight came out of it. Toba astaghfirullah. Whereas what link do we have with celebrating birthdays? This is something that has got no link to us. And if there was something to remember in terms of the birthday, then it is the Islamic date. That somebody was born on the 1st of Rabiul Awal, or somebody was born on the 7th of Rajab, or somebody was born in Ramadan. If there was if there was. There isn't anything, but if there was, then we should be remembering the Islamic date we were born on. To start off with, there's nothing, and on top of that, we give that importance to the English calendar. That now, I was born on this day, so this day is an important day to me. What what does that link in terms of the English calendar, the Gregorian date? Our date is the Islamic date, but for the sake of because things are running on that system and we are living in that kind of place. So we have to keep track of it that the person is now this is his age, this is the date he was born, because that will be the date that it is reflected in your birth certificate and your ID document and on your passport and whatever else. So as a result of that, we have to now keep track of that. But that is got no, no link to our deen. So now we have come to Madrasa to become conscious of these things. Then what link does this have? In fact, because there's a tsunami now. What is the jihad of the time for us? That we tell everybody up front. Look, don't ever tell me anything about happy birthday. Oh, I got this, nothing about that. Just don't don't even remember it, because this got nothing to do with me. Now, for a person to say this up front, in a nice way, obviously, in a very advising manner, not in a way that makes us look like we are we think we are better than somebody, or that. Demean somebody in a nice way that look, I've learned this in the madrasa and celebrating birthdays, etc. This has got nothing to do with our deen, and in fact, it is something which is resembling others, resembling other creeds. So, don't even bother about uh, forget giving me any gift, don't even bother about wishing me any happy birthday on that day. In any case, our date is the Islamic date. So our date is an Islamic date, but there's no such thing as celebrating birthdays in any case, and if there was something it would have been on the Islamic date. So this is even further away. So in a nice way we explain to everybody this is the jihad of the time now that we set the trend going in the right direction. Presently the trend is set in the wrong direction. So this is the aspect that we were discussing over the days, over the weeks that have passed that we have come to create this mindset, we have come to create this heart, this heart which is filled with the consciousness of Allah, wa ta'ala, this heart which has the right direction, which is focused in the right direction. So now, when this heart is focused in the right direction, inshallah, all these things we will become conscious of. And we will not be then resembling others in their lifestyle, in their thoughts, in their actions, in anything. So to take this further, actually the topic that, or the aspect that we wish to discuss was one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa but as an introduction this came up again and the direction went in that topic, but to come to the hadith sharif that was recited at the beginning, which in one way is related also that our mindset presently, or in general the mindset that comes from materialism, which is the mindset of the West, and it comes from materialism, is that I must be happy first, the most, and it must happen now. And for that anybody else gets pain, gets hurt, or somebody else is whatever condition, that is a secondary thing. My happiness, my pleasure, my enjoyment, my entertainment, that is foremost. And that must happen most. I must be the happiest most. I am not prepared to sacrifice anything of my happiness, of my pleasure, of my enjoyment, of my entertainment for somebody else. Now this comes from this western mindset of materialism. In this materialism, In order to fill one more rand to the millions I have, then even if I am taking away the only rand that somebody else has, it's fine. But I must become richer. Now somebody has millions, but to take somebody else's thousand, which is the only thing he has, he only has a thousand, he's only earning the thousand. But on some small thing also to take the thousand away, and add it to the millions one has, that's part of life now. That person now must go worry about himself. Whatever happens to him is his business. This is not the mindset that Deen has taught us. Now we are living together, whether it's our home, we're living in our families. In Madrasa, we are living for that period of time that we in Madrasa among our colleagues, our friends, our classmates, other people in the Madrasa. Then in society, we are living among people there's our relatives, our neighbors, etc. So when living with one another, this is something that happens, that when living with one another, there are things that we might not like sometimes, of the next person, the way somebody said something, the way somebody did something, the way somebody uh, approached some matter, everybody has their own likes and dislikes, everybody has their own preferences, somebody is happy about something, somebody is not happy about something, somebody is uh, okay with something, that this is fine, but somebody regards it as offensive, everybody has their own tabiat, and own temperaments, so as a result, because of this, these differences in temperaments, these differences in, one's, in the preferences of people, somebody is going to get upset about something, somebody is not going to like something, these things will happen, so how does one go about this? For this, we have taught, been taught one great lesson of sabr. It's a very great lesson that we have been taught in Deen about sabr, to the extent that Allah's Nabi Sallallahu says that al muslimu Ladi yuhalitun Nas wa على adahum. Khairum min al لا la yuhalitun Nas wa la ala adahum that in one hadith the wording is al-Muslimu إِذَا كَانَ يُخَالِطُ النَّاسِ وَيَزْبِرُ عَلَىٰ adahum. That Muslim who lives among people, he doesn't separate and make himself aloof. He doesn't say, I'm going to lock myself up in my one corner and I'm going to have nothing to do with anybody else so that I don't have any problem from anybody and nobody gets a chance of even disturbing me. So one is that person who secludes himself totally from everyone and doesn't want to have anything to do with anybody because I can't stand getting troubled by anyone. And on the other side, there is a person who lives among the people, among his family. Now in the madrasa, the person is one of everybody in whichever situation, but that person makes sabr then on the taklif of people because people are people. We are peop- among people also. We are insan also. We are not perfect. And we also say things sometimes which cause offence to somebody. We also do things which cause offence to others. We have not, uh, we don't have a clean record. So when we are not perfect, how can we demand and expect this perfection from others? When we have said things we regret and hope that people will forget about what we said and hope people will forget forgive it as well, then we need to deal with others in a similar manner. Others have said something in uh, a moment of anger sometimes. They have said something by mistake. They have done something by mistake. And it hurt us. That moment, we are insan, we got hurt. We are human beings. But, there is a lesson of sabar that we are being taught. And there is a mindset that we need to create. That this mindset must become positive. We need to become positive in life. And think beyond these Petty issues, that this person called me this, that person said this, that person did that. Now, among our classmates, we are all growing up, and we are all going through this phase of learning. We are also not now, have reached our old age now, that we have got all this experience, and we have learned how to overcome all the hurdles in life. So our friends are also still going through this learning curve. They will also sometimes say things, do things which might not be pleasing to us. In the class, there might be various things that happen. But we have to grow through this by having this positive mind. This is a very crucial thing, this positive mind. That we take all the various situations around us positively. And this is what, when there is this positive mind, it makes the sabr very easy. This sabr that is being spoken about that a Muslim who lives among people and makes sabr on their taklif, this Muslim is far better than the person who secludes himself, that I want to have nothing to do with anybody, so nobody can trouble me in any way. Now this positive mind to understand it, one example, one Buzurg was walking and from upper story, somebody just threw out a bucket of ash, they just offloaded that bucket of ash, now people have fireplaces or whatever the case is. Now this person took that ash and just threw it out of the window. He didn't bother to look that is there anybody walking down and that too is the wrong thing. Now in rural areas and so on, in olden days, where the wall of the house is, that's the road. Everything is side by side. They weren't these huge yards and big boundary walls. It was one in the same place, the wall of the house and next to it is a street So this Buzru was walking, and from the top this person threw this bucket of ash. When it fell on him, he immediately said, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And when he said, Alhamdulillah, those who were walking with him, his associates, his friends, they asked him that, why did you recite Alhamdulillah? This is an occasion to recite, Inna lillahi wa inna idehi raji'un. That this is a musibat. And in the hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has taught that any musibah a person should recite inna lillah. once the lamp got extinguished whatever might have happened in that moment so when the lamp got extinguished nabi As-S1 said inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun so that siddiqah radhiyallahu anha asked that are you reciting inna lillah on this normally our thought also is that if somebody passes away only we recite inna lillah. so nabi sallallahu replied and said kullu ma asa'al Whatever inconveniences a mu'min, that is a musibat, and on a musibat, that qālu innā lillāhi wa innā That The believers, when a musibat comes upon them, they recite, lillāhi wa innā They turn their attention by reciting this to Allah Ta'ala. That everything is from Allah Ta'ala. And we are going to go back to Allah Ta'ala. So they turn their attention to Allah Ta'ala in the musibat. So in any case these people said to the Buzruq that you are reciting Alhamdulillah this was a musibat you should be reciting Inna lillahi wa Inna So he replied and said that I didn't recite Alhamdulillah that this ash came upon me so Alhamdulillah I said Alhamdulillah on something else when that ash fell upon me I reflected that I am the type of person upon whom fire should have rained down I am such a kind of person and really this is the sign of the greatness of a person that the greater a person becomes the lower he feels within himself that I am nothing when a person feels I am something and I am uh, I have certain status I have certain position and who are you to talk to me like this and I feel very offended at the slightest things then this is a sign that we are still nothing, that we haven't gone, gone anywhere, we haven't reached any height. But when a person can take everything in his stride because he thinks of himself as nothing, and this is the state, this is actually the Buzurgana Deen, the Ahlullah, the Mashayikh, they are always regarding themselves as the lowest, and therefore they manage to take anything in their stride, because they say, well, I deserve worse, and only this much was said to me, so nothing is his. I wasn't given any consideration. I don't deserve any consideration. So what's the difference if I wasn't given any consideration? I didn't deserve any consideration. This too was a great favor that I was even allowed to just come in. I wasn't given any respectable place to sit. I was just allowed to come in. That too was a great favor upon me. I didn't deserve to be allowed to come in also. So that is their mindset. So this Buzruk said, I didn't say Alhamdulillah... On this ash falling upon me I said Alhamdulillah on something else At that time I reflected that I am the type of person That fire should be raining down upon me Alhamdulillah fire didn't come Only ash came So I said Alhamdulillah on that That fire didn't come Now what a positive mind he had That turned his attention away from that ash If it was us Immediately We would have been running up to see Who is this person what is the problem with him? And does he have any brains in his head? It seems like he's nothing. he's got nothing upstairs. He just throws the ash out of the window. And indeed, what that person did is wrong, totally wrong. But our mind will go 100% towards that person. And we want to now sort him out. But it won't go for even 1% towards ourselves that what has come down upon me This is also something that has come to wash off my sins. This has come to take me closer to Allah Ta'ala. So I must make sabr upon this. Yes, this person needs to be advised that this is not the right thing to do. This is something very incorrect. It's the wrong thing completely that you just throw something out and give others the cleave. But that somebody else inshallah will leave it to them. They will do that or we will advise him in some other way. But for now I need to make sabr upon this. Now that sabar is something that comes to the mind when we have made the intention beforehand that we have come to create a mindset here. We have come here to create this heart that will have all these qualities. Forget making sabar with what some friend of ours say. Unfortunately, now the way things are going, we can't make sabar on what our parents say. We can't make sabar on what our parents are sometimes reprimanding us or instructing us. So how far away we are from the mindset. Whereas that mindset that we are being taught to create is, There should be a mindset for this. There should be a heart that is ready for this. That no matter what the situation is, don't even say oof to your parents. Forget back chatting them. Forget being harsh to them. Whatever the condition is. Yes, there's a way to go around it. Sometimes parents overreact. Sometimes parents react incorrectly. That is their wrong, but for you to backchat them is your wrong. Now their wrong has to be corrected in some way. Inshallah, some means Allah Taala make that they hear some uh, talk or whatever that becomes the means of their hidayat to react correctly to conduct themselves in the way that is required. But you go to do your duty. And your duty the Quran says is don't even say uff to them, don't rebuke them. Karima, speak kind words to them. Now that is a mindset. So this requires sabr. This requires sabr. Now you've got to live with them. So Nabi Islam is saying Al muslimu kana Nas, ala that Muslim who is living with the people and is making sabr on any takleef he gets from them. He is far better than the one who secludes himself. I will go and lock my door and be in my room. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to have anything to do with anyone. I am secluded and nobody must give me any disturbance. So how long are we going to carry on like that? So we will have to live among our families, our friends, our relatives. But yes, as far as friends are concerned, we will choose the correct friends. But even in that context, in that situation also, there will be some ups, and downs. So the issue is to create this heart which has these qualities. This mindset must be focused beforehand. I am not going to react in the wrong way. Allah Taala, give me afiyat. We should ask for afiyat. We shouldn't ask for any difficulty to come. We shouldn't ask to be given any taklif by anybody. But our mind should be ready that inshallah it won't happen. Allah forbid it happens. But if it happens then I am going to react with sabr. I am going to react with tolerance. I am going to have a positive mind. I am not going to look at the negative side of it. I am going to look at the positive side of it. (inaudible) Imam Hanifa, some say it was some other buzruk, the message was given to him that this ship, which is bringing all your goods, a whole consignment of goods, that ship sunk. So he kept quiet for a moment and he said, Alhamdulillah. After some time, the message comes that no, that information was incorrect. That ship is safe and sound. So he then says, Alhamdulillah. So somebody again is very astonished. What is this, Alhamdulillah, when the ship sank also? And Alhamdulillah, when now the news came that the ship is safe, this is something strange. So he said, when the first time the news came that the ship sank, I looked within myself and said, Alhamdulillah, my Iman is safe. The ship sank. This is the musibah, But Allah's fazal that the goods got lost. My Iman didn't get lost. So I made shukr upon the safety of the Iman. I said, Alhamdulillah on that. So now this is the positive mind. That first the mind goes to the positive. Then you make Innalillah on the negative also. On the musibat as well. But they are teaching, teaching us a lesson. If there is some... Musibat, the sunnat is to recite inna lillahi wa inna ira But here these people are teaching us a lesson of a high level that look at the positive side as well. Don't focus entirely on the negative. So now I said alhamdulillah on that, that alhamdulillah my iman is safe. And then when the message came that the ship is safe, I said alhamdulillah on that too, that too is a ni'mad. Allah Ta'ala protected it. So, the mu'min that lives among people but undertakes and takes it in stride, whatever challenges come, then that person is a far better person, closer to Allah, but what will require, that will require, it will require a high degree of sabr, it will require a high degree of tolerance, of helm. and it will require that a person has this heart. There is this forgiveness in the heart, there is this generosity of the heart, there isn't this heart which is filled with the darknesses of revenge, the darknesses of ill-feeling is not a heart that is drowning in malice and the evil of malice. It's not a heart that has all these evils lurking within it. It's a clean heart. It's a clear heart. The clean and clear heart is very beloved to Allah. Wa ta'ala. And it is on that clean and clear heart that the rahmat of Allah descends. And that person benefits most first. There's a sukoon, there's a happiness. When a person has a clean heart and the person is undertaking some difficulties, making sabr for the sake of others, then that sabr is a moment. That sabr is a bitter gulp for a moment, for a few seconds, for a short while. But Allah ta'ala then blesses that heart which, that swallowed that bitterness for the sake of Allah ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala blesses that heart with such sweetness, such pleasure, that the worldly material things can't give that heart. There's such an, a tranquility, such a peace that comes in that heart. But we need to first take that first step and swallow that bitter gulp when we have to make sabr We don't then vent any feeling. We take it smilingly. Inside, whatever is happening is inside. From outside, the person doesn't even know anything happened. Normally, we say, no, I can't let this ride. I'll tell the person what I think. must speak your mind. You're not happy about something, must speak straight. And true talk doesn't break any friendship. All these are all just statements which don't deserve any attention. This is not the way that Nabi Lason taught, that you must talk straight, and you the true, true talk doesn't break any friendship and all these things. True talk breaks friendships. Everywhere, true talk is not required. For example, you saw somebody or you overheard somebody making a ghibat And besides that, they said that they are speaking about a third person now. And uh, that person now, I know this and that and the other. So, this is something which now you heard, you saw. But, on the other side, if you go and relate the true the truth about what you heard, what is going to be the end result? You're going to create a major problem so that true talk breaks friendships. Or, for example, you don't like somebody. You don't like somebody. Whatever the case is, you don't like the person. Now you tell the person on your face, on that person's face, I don't like you. So that person is going to be very happy. The true talk doesn't break any friendship. Fine, we are friends. You don't like me. It doesn't matter. But life can carry on. No. That is not the way Hazrat Umar in his time one woman she clearly told the husband that I have no uh, liking for you at all but actually what happened was that the husband had come and he had put her to oath that you tell me exactly what the feelings are in your heart so now she under oath she said it so in any case when that Umar heard about this, he summoned her. And he said, did you say such a thing? She said, yes. He said, don't do this. So she said, well, am I supposed to have spoken a lie? He said, don't mention what, if you don't like the person, don't mention it. Don't mention it if you don't like the person. Just make some excuse. But don't mention it. Now we say true talk doesn't break any friendship. This is all misnomers. Yes, to say the truth sometimes is very sweet because person is venting his emotions, venting his feelings. And yes, you said this, you did this, or you left me out from here and did that to me, whatever the case is. So now a person feels very lightened after that, that I spoke out what I want to say. And to keep quiet about it and make it look like no, I have no problem, everything is fine. It takes a weight inside. It's sometimes a bitter gulp to swallow. But that bitter gulp is very beloved to Allah ta'ala. And a person says, well, I say it, I say it straight. I don't fight for nobody. I just speak my mind. But speaking that mind is against the dictates of sabr. That person is not beloved to Allah ta'ala. Who now speaks the mind and creates enmity. Speaks the mind and creates problems. That person is not beloved to Allah ta'ala. So we need, we have come here to learn how to become the beloved of Allah ta'ala so to become the beloved of allah ta'ala we have to follow the way of life of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam we have to create that heart that mind we have to think in that way that nabi sallallahu sallam taught us to think that positive mind we have to bear what allah's nabi sallallahu sallam has taught us to bear we have to take that sabr we will live among people and we have to continue doing that which will bring us that, that will create that love that muhabbat will keep that unity that will enhance the good feelings and in that we will have to undertake sabr. Somebody made a mistake, we tolerate it. But that tolerance will take us closer to Allah Ta'ala. Otherwise, we say, I speak my mind, and I say what I want to say, and I say it's straight and all these things, this will take us away from Allah Ta'ala. So these are the lessons that we have come to learn. This is what we have to inculcate. This is akhlaq. And the weightiest thing on the day of Qiyamat, in the scales of good deeds of a person, is good akhlaq. It's not other things. It's not saying it straight, and speaking one's mind. All these things are not going to bring weight on our good deeds. What is going to make our way, scale of good deeds heavy on the day of Qiyamat is good ahlak. may Allah Taala give me and all of us a taufiq that we uh, undertake the whatever comes in our way, we undertake it. We don't. Uh, shirk in fulfilling that those qualities, those sifat that are required of us and we adopt that sabr, we adopt all the various other qualities that are required of us, that mindset we develop, that heart we develop and inshallah in this way we will get the best of dunya and the best of akhirat as well. ala nafsik Allah الله عنا نبينا محمدًا the الله عليه وسلم بما هو the ربنا who is أنفسنا وإن لم تخفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين. ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم اللهم منا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين